Welcome to the Yeshiva Shalmaila. This is David Lichtenstein, and this week we're going to be discussing the headlines. We're going to be discussing Ukraine. How do we look at them? They have become, you know, the refugees of the world, you know, objects with, with great justification of the world's sympathy, etc. How do we, as Klal Yisrael, look at them? Do we say, wow, you know, worthy of our empathy? Others would say 500 years of the worst anti-Semitism happened in the Ukraine. We'll go through it a little bit later. And maybe we look at them with a jaundiced eye. There are many people who wouldn't bribe a Mercedes or a BMW. Or do we look at it and we say, you know, why are children responsible for parents' sins? Ishbecheta yumas. We're going to have Rabbi Binyamin Hamburger, a very famous historian, written many books, Svarim, etc. Rabbi Yechiel Goldhaber, two of the eminent Orthodox historians to discuss this topic. And then we're going to be speaking about another headline. Everybody heard of the Patira of the great Goyen, the Saratoira, the Tzaddik, Rabbi Chaim Kanievsky. We're going to have Rabbi Shai Groucher. He is uh, English-speaking. He is, for the last decade, two decades, extremely close to Rabbi Chaim. The art scroll books about Rabbi Chaim were written by... He has many stories and he will give us firsthand insight and an easy to understand English into what the last two decades of being Mishamash Rabchaim was like. So two headline worthy topics should be a fascinating program. Before we get to our guest, I would like to lay out the argument for um, how we have to look at it maybe a little bit differently. Here is from Yovan Hamitsula. From Nasanat to Hanover, who lived Xerus Tachtat, this is in the 1650s. Here, he, he, in his words, what he witnessed. The Jews were skinned alive, their flesh was thrown to dogs. Some had their hands and legs cut off. This is during Chalmanitsky and Machshimai Ahmed living, when up a third or a half of the Jews in the Ukraine were killed. Their bodies were thrown on the highway to be run over by wagons and trampled by horses. Others were killed slowly, writhing in their own blood until their souls left them. Many were buried alive. The enemy slaughtered infants in their mother's laps. Children were torn into pieces like fish. They slashed the bellies of pregnant women, removed their fetuses. They tore open the bellies of other women and put live cats in. Then they sewed up their bellies and cut off their hands so that they would not be able to take the live cats out of their bellies. They skewered some of the children, roasting them over a fire, and then brought them to their mothers to eat. This goes, by the way, on for pages. These are, this happened in Xeris Tachtat. Then you had the pogroms, the pogroms of the 1810s, 1820s, 1830s, 1840s, 1850s, culminating in the 1920s. This is from a book, Pogroms of 1917 to 1921 by Irina Astakevich. I don't know who it is. And she discusses the um, mass rape as a public spectacle. In this pogrom that broke out in Skver, everybody knows where Skver is, in December 19. 19. The Denikin army troops terrorized the Jews of Skver. A huge number of women were raped, many of them requiring medical help. Here it continues. The Cossacks brutally raped every other Jewish woman and girl in the town on the first evening, leaving many of them naked on the streets to bleed to death. According to eyewitnesses, parents were hacked to pieces as they tried to cover the naked bodies of their daughters. The mass rape continued into the second day of the pogrom. On the third day of the pogrom, Rosa Kozlova, who had been raped by a group of Cossacks on the previous day, arrived in the gathering with her parents. The Cossacks dragged Rosa to the shed, gang raped her again, and pushed her outside into the crowd. This horrible display of rape was essential communication from the Cossacks and their command to the crowd of peasants and to the Jews, regardless of what the official reasoning for the summoning was. This dramatized performance unfolded at the peak point of the program after the looting, general torture, and mass rape of Jewish women had already taken place in the public spaces. The spectacle was an intentional and significant statement of power and ultimate domination. The of the grand performance of the pogrom. She then describes 500 times in different pogroms where this happened. This is happened to us in the Ukraine. This is before the Holocaust of bullets, where a million and a half Jews were killed, when many of the Ukrainians served with the Germans in the concentration camps, killing Jews. You know, we say of Harachimim, and what do we say? That we should say, This goes, they were massacring it for the harugim uh, of the uh, the Cossacks. I mean, don't we have the concept of I mean, I know that what I'm saying is, is, is you know, it's a, I'm, I'm, I'm not taking sides in this. I'm just pointing out the different, 
I do want to, you know, I've spoken about this in the last few weeks, how given what's happened to us post-Holocaust and just read these events, how the importance of having a state of Israel was. And I, I do recognize very clearly that the Maskilim destroyed, had a terrible impact on Klal Yisrael. Like, you know, they, they, they feared that most of the lit, the half of Poland, Germany, recognizing that. But on the other hand, you know, the Zionists, even though many of them were Rishayim and were Maskilim, at the end of the day, they did protect Jewish lives and it became the biggest Makam Tyre in history, Klal Yisrael, you know, Eretz Yisrael, recognizing the fact that many of them, but so after listening to these, what they did in Xeris Tachtat, putting cats in women's bellies, or the mass rapes that, by the way, are not spoken about in Yeshiva, you never hear about these things, what happens in the pogroms, the 500 pogroms that she lists where this happened. Listen to these phone calls we get on our program about, you know, my, when I speak about Zionism. You're making a real mistake about Zionism. And everyone knows the, the facts are that this, because of the Zionists, the United States did not accept refugees because the Zionists were insisting that they have to go to Israel and not accept not not the United States or any other countries. And they were encouraging anti-Semitism. They're saying that be thankful we have the state of Israel to take the 75,000 refugees. That that sounds like pure fira. You think that Hashem can't make someone else, if Israel would be around, someone else would take him. And it's a basic concept of Einish, and there's no reason. Hashem doesn't make things happen without reason. And if something's happening, it's because of our virus, maybe because of the Zionists, maybe. And that's why the whole, that's maybe why the whole thing, why we, maybe they need to take them in to happen a little bit. He said that since the Israel is accepting 75,000 refugees into their, you know, so therefore we sh- we can't be opposed to the state. I don't understand what you're saying. Besides for the fact that all the G'daylum were opposed to the state and everything, but if a church is taking in 75,000 refugees, does that mean that we shouldn't be opposed to what, I mean, that doesn't make any sense really. Look, these are difficult and very painful topics. So again, I say that on this matter with the Ukraine, I'm really torn. I don't know how to view it because you'll hear from these two historians who take a very different view of me and they say, when are they shouldering for Priodirus? And again, I do, when I speak about Eretz Yisrael, I do with a full recognition that most of the early Zionists were Maskilim, were Mechalli Shabbos, were, you know, uh, really wanted to be Oikir, wanted to be Oikir Hadas, the Das. But on the other hand, we still need some place to go because the women of these towns, these rapes were all towns that we came from. You read the sounds, Pshemishel and Babov and Skver and, and Lvov and Lemberg. I mean, these were the hearts of where, of where we came from. The, 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 this happened to our grandparents and our aunts and our Babas and Zaydas, right? I've heard people asked, look at our Sephardish brothers and sisters. There's nobody blonde or blue-eyed among them. Where do all the blonde and blue-eyed Jews come from? We're Semites. There weren't thousands of Gerim, you know, before the war, you know, when Christianity ruled Europe, if somebody was in the sky or a guy was in the sky, they, 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 they would often be high of Misa by the local governments. There was no Philo, you know, Semitism. People weren't in love with the Jewish people. You know where all the blonde and blue-eyed people came from? They came from the rapes and the pogroms. So when I say it happened to Ababas and Zaydis, if you're blue-eyed or blonde-haired or you have, you know, brother or sister is, it's those, it comes from those genes. These things really happened. So when we talk about, you know, um, we don't need a state of Israel or, you know, the Ukraine as being the friendliest place, I don't know, both of them need serious thought. Let's go to our riddles of the week. We're going to ask a few riddles. If you're not interested in the riddles, you should fast forward. So here's the first one. We just finished Tyrus Akharbanis. And what does the Gemara say? Menachis Amar Yitzchak, Zeus Tyrus Achatas, Zeus Tyrus Asham, Kala Oisik Betyrus Chatas, Kiilu Hikriv Chatas. All right, it's a Gemara. Oisik Betyrus Asham, Kiilu Hikriv, Oisik Betyra. Another thing, the Gemara in Tainus and Megillah, Amr Yaakov Baracha, Amr Avram, Rabbi Nishilam, Shemi Yisrael, Chaitin Lefanecha, Ata Islam Kedera Mabal. What happens if Kal Yisrael and there's no more Karbanis after the Khurban? Amr Lefanav, 
so what did Rabbi Nishal mean? So I'm a like farti kanti lohem seder karbanis bezman shekoyrim bohem lofanai mailani aleim ki ilu hikrivim lofanai either by learning it, that's the Gemara before, or by saying it, that's why, by chesidim, you know, they say the karbanas all the time. So you see, amiris or learners is, is nimchalim avayneseim. So here's the problem. The Gemara in Shabbos, Yudbezim and Bez says, you're not supposed to be kairul oiraner, shemayate. The Gemara said, Rabbi Shmuel said, I'll do it, and I won't be at it. And he did. And he wrote afterwards, Bepinkasai, Ukashayibane beis hamigdash, I'll bring a chatas shmeina to be a mechaper. Question is, why did he have to bring a, a lasad lavai? A chatas shmeina, he should have then just learned Torah's chatas, Torah's asham, and what does it say? Kiilu hekruv asham, kiilu hekruv chatas. Or he should have said it before davening. Mailania, bishman shekairim, kiilu hekruv. So why did Rabbi Shmuel have to bring Kshayban uh, Abayi Mix? And by the way, the Rambam paskins like this. The Rambam in Hilchas uh, Isuri Bia, Parakud Gimel by Ager. He says Ager is supposed to bring a carbon. She says Bizman Azesh Ein Shem Carbon. He needs Milot Fila. Or Kshayban Abayi Migdash Yavi Carbonai. Why do you have to be Kshayavi Abayi Kshayban Abayi Migdash? Why them now? Say Tyrus Chatas, Tyrus Hashem, Tyrus Oil, etc. That is. Riddle number one. Riddle number two. Let's go parashas para. The Mishnah in para parikud beis Mishnah Dalit says, what did they do after they spritzed? They they sprinkled the the may para. It says, dorsim v'loynim. They're allowed to step on it. Mei sha'amru mei chatas sha'asu mitzvasan ein metamin. So therefore, you could be dorus. Frakter ashash. You're allowed to step on it. You're not supposed to be paiseya on the hoshana shebelulav after you're finished with it. Why? Because you're not supposed to be mavazah the mitzvahs. And by the way, in Simon Chafalif, he doesn't bring this, but in we paskin like this, the Ramah says, What does the Ramah say? And linig boin minig bezoyin lezorkan b'makayim maguna. Ain't it Sricha Geniza? He says it does. But, but Avadi shouldn't do something Maguna, like step on it. For Yesh Magdagdigim, he says, Vagunzam. So how could the Mishnah say, Dor Simvalainim Noin, Frechter Ashash, Lechairit Shver, from the, the Halacha, he asks from Arachayim Tafresh Amadal Beishana. And I'm asking from Tzitzis in Simon Chaf Aleph. That is our second riddle. Here's our last riddle. It's Mefursim, the Machlekes, the Ran, and the Rajba. We know it as a Klal, Mitzvah Slav Lehenes, So the Ran says, Mitzvah Slav Lehenes, but if, if in actuality you did have Hana, of course the Hana counts. Like if somebody's Maidra Hana from cold water in the summer, could he go to the mikveh? Right, so the Ran says, Lamaisa, if you get, come out of a cold swimming pool or a cold mikveh in the summer, is, you, you, that's fabulously gishmak. You can't say mitzvah lav So if you were moider hana, you wouldn't be allowed to. And the Rajba says, no, mitzvah lav means doesn't matter. Even if gufay nene, it's muta, because mitzvah lav Same thing, somebody's moider hana mitashmish. The Ran says, avadi, you're not allowed to. Even if mitzvah lav lehenes nitnu, and it's, let's say, time of mitzvah aina. What does the Rajba say? The Rajba says, if mitzvah lav lehenes nitnu, you're allowed to. It's not called hana, and you're allowed to. So we're asking, according to the Rajba, there's one mit, one achila in the year that's a mitzvah daraisa. What is that? Achilas matzah. So Bishlam, the first bracha by Achilas Matzah that you make, Al Achilas Matzah, Shekhlisham, Achilas Matzah, that's a birchas ha-mitzvah, we can understand why you make. But the second bracha on matzah that you make, Hamoitzi Lechem in Oretz, that's a birchas hanenin, and it's only a birchas hanenin, can't be mighty somebody, mighty somebody and hamaisi unless you're actually eating because the brachanenin. So if like the Rajma mitzvah slav lehenesit who says there is no hana here, why do we make the the, the bracha of hamaisi lechem and earth like the Rajma? It's a bracha of atala. Elamai, what are you going to say if you eat more than a kazayis? Well, that's true, but it doesn't say any place that you have to eat more than a kazayis matzah like the Rajma. You shouldn't make a bracha of hamaisi lechem and earth. That is our third riddle of the week. So we have on the Karbanis, we have on Para, and we have on Pesach, Al Shleishim Yoyim Kaidamachag. This week, of course, I will put the answers out at the end of the, uh, of the program. We'll pick the winners, and I will be massing those who I agree, disagree, and put out who I believe are the correct answers. If you want to leave a message by phone or dial in by phone to listen, in America, our number is 732-806-8700. In England, it's 44, like that's the country code, 33011-70250. In Eretz Yisrael, it's uh, 02-372-0304.
Let's go to our wonderful program. Joining us from B'nai Brak is Rav Binyamin Shlaima Hamburger, who is an expert on uh, Minhage Ashkenaz, and uh, he was born in Basel, Switzerland, but he lives in B'nai Brak now, a Talmud of the great yeshivas, he's an enigal of the Chsam Seifer. He wrote a five-volume series called Shrashe Minig Ashkenaz, he's a noted historian. He wrote Meshiche Hasheker Umisnagdeim, the historical work, many of the uh, Meshiche Hasheker, that Kali Stroll said, and the second volume was printed in 2009. Welcome, Rabbi Hamburger. Uh, good morning to you and to all your listeners. Rabbi Hamburger, here's the question. The Ukrainians have garnered the world's sympathy, rightfully so in some respect. They're, you know, they're being attacked just you know, unjustly, just uh, at the whim of one individual, and they're suffering tens of thousands of deaths destruction, etc. And, you know, there are many Jews still left in the Ukraine. I want to ask you, as a, as a Ben Taira, how do we look at it? Do we say, these are poor, you know, individuals, they're, they're victims, they're refugees now, many of them, etc. And we have to do what we can, both help the Jews there, but even, you know, all the Ukrainians, they're, they're, they're victims of, uh, of Putin. Or do we say, for 500 years, the Jews have been murdered in, in the Ukraine? Starting with Chalmanitsky, Zeres Tachtat, the 1500s, through pogroms that killed, I mean, just, just endless pogroms. You read about the pogroms, the pogroms of the 1820s, of the 1830s, the 1840s, the 1850s, the 18, every decade had it. And then in the 1920s, the pogroms and the mass rapes that they instituted, nobody had ever done that before. They would come into a town, I, you know, you read about it, they would take all the women of the town, put them in the center, and rape them in front of everybody to humiliate the entire town, etc. And um, they did this in cities, and they killed, they, I mean, they killed millions in the Ukraine. When the Nazis came in, in in World War II, many of the Ukrainians were used in the were used to carry out the Nazis. They were put into the, the extermination camps, to uh, the murder camps, to fill out the you know the war, to work for the Nazis. Many of the other city the countries they lived in, they wouldn't do it. So do we say? I was telling this to my daughter-in-law, and she said, you know, I, and the nurse she works with is the loveliest Ukrainian girl. What's she shy mm-hmm. into? What happened before? How, how does the entire look at this? Well, the Torah says many things, gives us many, many messages. Let's start with the first nation which uh, tortured us. These are the Mitram, the Egyptians. What does the Torah say about them? The first thing the Torah says us, tells us is, You should not um, dislike or hate the Mitri because you were gear in his country. Therefore, they have a special relationship with them. They did the worst things to our children, to our ancestors, to our mothers. Everything they could do brutally they've done to us. And yet, so hating them does not go from generation to generation. Always looks, asks us to look at the positive thing in that nation and not look for the bad. Unless he himself is the wicked man and he himself is the Russia. That's a different story. So, Rabbi Hamburger, you, 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 you say that the Mitzrim, look, what do they do? It's, what does it say? You say, Tyra does not have a, it doesn't carry enmity for generationally. And yet we have, by Amalek, because yeah. they attack you. So do we carry enmity for it or don't we? Which, what's, what's the Tyra Zekashkafa? So there is a special din for Amalek. No other nation has this stigma. And now the only question, is, which is a historical question, which bothered many Kedolim along the generations, who is the Amalek in our time? Who are the descendants of Amalek? So we have a general rule that uh, Gemara says, Bosan olam. <clears throat> So we, don't, we can't identify it. And yet we find that the, the Ishmaelim are considered Amalek by the Shlo. He terms them, he says clearly that these are the, the, the Amalek. And as we feel nowadays, many in our, in our country would say, well, 
these are the Amalekim of our time. They, they're trying to, to do anything bad they could do for us, kill us and uh, drive us out of our country, etc. So the, uh, the Arabs are a very, very, uh, I would say, very popular um, uh, candidates for being the Amalek of our time. And we have also, for instance, uh, opinions from some Catholic who claim that the Inquisition in Spain was the Amalek. Others said that the Yevonim, the Greek in Corfo, uh, according to the sons of Rebchaim uh, Halberstam, the Divrei Chaim, they were the Amalek. And uh, if you go on a bit, bit more, you'll find very, very noble nations in our, in our contemporary uh, outlook, like the French. Hasam Sofa claims that they are the Amalek because they have brought so much, um, I would say, secularism and atheism into our, our people. The Armenians are the Amalek, according to the Bartanura. And um, the Romanians, not the Ar- I said the Armenians, now I'm going over to the Romanians, are the Amalek, according to the Malbiv. And of now a very popular Amalek, the Russian Tsar Nikolai I, Sabolovich, is an Amalek, according to Chaim Volozhener, according to the Gro. The Russian general Amalek, according to Ramoshev Solovich, in Switzerland, who implanted and opened the yeshiva in Moscow. And uh, if you go further, you will find the Soviets, of course, the Amalek, according to the Krakarov, the Yosef Nehemia Korolsov was a descendant of the Hasam Sofa, and who else? Rebchoner Wasserman, he claimed the Soviets, Soviets are the Amalek. And you can go on and on and see that who is left who is left uh, out of it? The English, the English people, Amalek, according to Rabbi Adler, the chief rabbi of of of, of, uh, of England, the Messina Leger. So, which nation is not Amalek? The Jews. Hmm. So your point is everybody's Amalek, and you couldn't really hate everybody at that point. Is that the point? Yeah, uh, it's, uh, it, uh, biologically, ethnically, you can't point a finger at any nation that is a Molech. And if you talk historically, from, oh, he's recent, more recent history, history, let's say the Middle Ages and European history, which we have, um, Jews were expelled from England, all the Jews, France, all the Jews, Spain, all the Jews. Which Western nation has not expelled the Jews? Germany, that's for political reasons, that's because they loved us more than the others. But at the end of the history, of the modern history, the Germans were the worst. So every nation had its turn to act as an Amalek, and that's why there's a very, very known opinion amongst the Gedolim that the Neshama of Amalek goes every generation into another So let's go back to our Ukrainian issue. Do we or don't we bear enmity towards them? I'll ask you something. I, my parents were born in Germany. My family was killed and perished in the war in Auschwitz and other places. When you say your family, what do you mean your family? It's all my grandparents, four grandparents from both sides, the two grandparents from both sides, an uncle. Uh, my parents suffered immensely from Hitler himself. Um, so we have a very, very close uh, history with the Germans. And yet, I don't, I personally don't see that the Germans are worse. I went to Germany several times for, for several reasons. I was born in Switzerland, so I had more links to the place. Uh, I went to Kibra Ovos and uh, other reasons. I went to Germany. I don't feel hatred to Jews in Germany more than I felt in England or in any other place in, 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 in the West, not even the East. So I, I, if you look at it in, the, in this, this conception that a Molech has its role, each generation in a different place, uses in different nations for doing the, the bad and the evil. They, 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 we can go with it to the Posok. The fathers eat an unripe fruit and the, the teeth of the, uh, of the, uh, the children should uh, be, I don't know how to translate into English, my English is poor enough. Tikhena uh, would, would be... Would be uh, blunted or, or damaged, you know, like you say. Damaged or, or something, yeah. Uh, yeah. Like you have in the Haggadah, right? it's a Hakeyashina. Hakeyashina, that's right. Uh, so we don't we, we we don't look at it that way. If we would we'd, it would keep the hatred to people that does something evil, like the Hamelnitsky in, in the Ukraine. How many Jews went to the Ukraine after Hamelnitsky? And you know, oh, the people the Hasidim go all over from all over the world to Kvorim in Eastern Europe. They go mainly to Ukraine. All these Hasidic masters they sat in the Ukraine after Hamelnitsky. They didn't stop themselves from going to Ukraine. People don't stop themselves from going to Germany nowadays. It's, it's, Except for those people who have really very, very personal bad memories, Germany has become the best friend of Israel in, in some ways. But on the other, don't we say about uh, This is a special tzivui. 
I understand, but what's the message of the tzivu? And when somebody hated you, and they, 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 they you know, at a critical juncture in your history, they, they, so there's, there's, so ten generations. What does that mean? That you know, cult, cultures are not cultures happen. You see, you could say it's, it's a special tzivu. You could say maybe it's a tzivu we learn from it. I mean, cultures. You know, when, 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 a, when a culture did it repetitively over a 500-year period, this is passed down in the mother's milk to the children. Uh, if it were so, as in, in, if our interpretation, as, as we look at it, would apply to all those nations, none of us would ever sit in, in Europe. There's no country in Europe which has clean hands. Respectfully, Rabbi Hamburger, that's correct. We should have left Europe a long time ago. Everybody why did, who's, why didn't we? Because they felt that, I don't know, it's a mystery to me. You're the historian. So you know, I'm, how many, how many times do they have to, how many times do they have to murder you before you say, you know, maybe there's a, someplace safer out there for us? There's only one way out of it, and that is Mashiach. I'm not talking about the, that messianic movement to claim that Mashiach has come already. We have to pray for Mashiach. Then but Rabbi, but Rabbi, Hamburger, Rabbi Hamburger, this is a question. Whenever I read that history, yes, we, 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 every, but when you're in a place that they keep re, killing you, I mean, there, there are many continents. There's Australia and there's Africa and, and there's, there's North America and South America. Like, what point do you say? Let's go someplace else. Let me look at the history. England, the people who the Jews were driven out of England. Rabbi Menashe ben Israel, he had a, a dealing with Cromwell, and he managed to get in, the Jews back into England. First the Spanish Jews, eventually also the Ashkenazi Jews. And England is packed full with Jews. And what's with France? France, all the Jews were expelled out of France, and Jews pushed in with the Gadolim, pushed into Why? France. So that's the question, why? Because it was all, had, it was all under the dominion it. of the church, of, of, uh, and the church, the church believes we killed their God, right? Why didn't we go to places where they didn't believe we killed their God? There are two options. Either had no choice. That's what we have. We do, the Gaula is not is not terminated. hasn't finished, and that's that's what we have. Secondly, there's no decree on those nations. It's only our feelings. We, uh, we act emotionally. There's no Torah tzivui about any nations besides Amalek. This is what we had in the past of Zoho. And I told you there is one opinion about a nation in our time, which is Amalek, which is the Italians, and therefore Yaakov Emden, Paskin, Lahaloche, one must not take Gerim from, from Italy. We've never heard this decree or this psak on any other nation in Europe. It doesn't, it doesn't mystify you as a historian why we stayed in Europe. It doesn't bother me at all because I've, that's a part of our goals to sit in un, very unfriendly nations who had so much anti-Semitism in the 17th and the 18th century, in the 19th century, in the 20th century. Modern times, there's so much and modern anti-Semitism. And yet, and yet we had, we, that's what we had. People tried to move to America, and they did in bulks. And that was the first country in the world which had no blood history, in, at least on those uh, official country as, as a country, as a, as, a, a, as a union. But the, I mean, if you talk about the British, who are the founders of uh, North America in some, in some ways, or the Spanish, who are the founders of uh, in Latin America, they all had blood on their hands. There is no room in the world besides... Zimbabwe or Rhodesia, I don't know where, some, some remote place in the end of the world. Well, North, well, North America, South America, Australia, I, I just said, every, uh, South North Africa, America. anybody but Africa, any place except for North Africa. But as, again, North America was established by people who are British and had blood on their hands in England. It's and already, South that's already, you know, you're getting already, it's, it's, it's not Barnat, it's not Barnat, you know. Okay, it's not, you can make a chilukim yalam. Very good, Madam Fredinim. You can say this is not, this is the the original country and this is different different uh, uh, land. So the 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 uh, the sin has been washed off when they crossed the ocean. And they and they went to war with England ultimately, right? For internal issues, nothing to do with us. Yeah. So it actually, so, there's no corner in the world besides some very remote and primitive countries in the third world, perhaps, which, uh, which have no history with the Jews. So Rabbi Hamburger, if somebody would come to you and say, can I buy a BMW, you would, you would say yes. I'm, first of all, I'm not the POSIC, but I've never heard that the Rabbi Feinstein passed you mustn't. Right. Okay. That's what... And he was there, and he knew what he was talking about, and he was the biggest man we had in America.
Yeah, I, I, I don't know that this is this is more of a hargasha than a psaks. I don't know that it's a... a no, psaks. I'm looking for to see what the Gedolim said. What, how did the Gedolim act? Maiserav, did we hear from the Gedolim that you mustn't buy in BMM or something like this? I don't know. That's a very good question. I know my father, who to me was an Adam Gadol, I, he came to my house once in, when I was living in Lakewood and I had a bottle of German beer. I still remember it. Spaten Obermeister on the Shabbos table. And he looked at it and he said to me, the trinks, the addition blood. This is and that was very, very normal. And, and that was the last time. That was, that was the last time I ever bought a German bottle of beer. <laughs> if your father said so, you have to listen to him. <laughs> yeah, this is thirty years ago. I never bought a bottle of German beer. So. I, I, I respect it. He, this person, I met many Holocaust survivors, and I spoke to many of them personally. And the reactions of the people and the, the reference to the German are so different, varies so much from one person to another. It's very much the, the way your, your character is set up. Right. Well, Rabbi Hamburg, this was very enlightening, and it's refreshing to hear such an interesting and uh, you know, way to deal with it. Thank you very much for your time. My pleasure, and I uh, wish you all the best. Also, bye-bye. Also, bye-bye. Joining us from Eretz Yisrael is Rabbi Yechiel Goldhaber. He's written many svarim, Minhage uh, Hakehilis about Minhagim, Kunditin, the Cherim in Spain, and uh, he read, prints articles every week. So he's both a Balhalocha and a historian. Welcome, Rabbi Goldhaber. So, Rabbi Goldhaber, we have here what's going on in Ukraine. We yes. have here the whole world is sitting there in horror, looking at the you know the destruction of cities and families, etc. And I want to know, what would you think, how does the Frumayid look at this? On one hand, we look at it and we say, wow, this is a terrible thing. Nobody knows more about refugees than Kali Yisrael. Nobody right. knows more about suffering than Kali Yisrael. What does it say? So we should be the first ones to be empathetic. On the other hand, when we look at the Ukraine, we look at history. the history of the history. Ukraine. In the 1650s, you had Xeris Tachtat. You had, um, in the, and then you had the pogroms of the 1800s, the, the 20s, the 40s, the 60s, the, the, the pogroms of the 1920s, 1900s, 1918, 1920, 1920 yeah, 1922. 20. Terrible. And then you had in the Holocaust, how the Ukrainians joined hands with the Nazis. The Nazis. So do we look at it and we say, what, 500 years of, of, of destruction? Of I mean, two, two million Jews died in the Ukraine. Two million Jews died in the Ukraine, as many as the Yates in Mitzrayim. No, I, uh, I, think, I think a million. When the Holocaust well, years? No, when you, a million and a half just in the Holocaust of bullets died in the Ukraine. If you, if you Google Holocaust of bullets, it says in the Ukraine a million and a half. Kalmanitsky killed hundreds of thousands. So could have been two million Jews died in the Ukraine. Include the Holocaust. More than cool, the Yates in Mitzrayim. And then, or do we say, look, what is the current generation has to do with, with past. I mean, you know, gener- the, the, we spoke to Chabad Shluchim in the Ukraine, and they say they, there's no anti-Semitism. There's a, there's a Jewish president today. What's your hashkafa? How do we look at it? What, okay, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a very problematic uh, question. <laughs> I think only a god a godly can answer it. But for, uh, we see that in Mitzrayim, yeah, the after you can't, you know, there's an issue to, to, not to revenge in, in the midst because they, they held you, even they held us for, 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 for slaves. But uh, the end of the day, you, you live by them. Uh, Say the same thing about the Germany, about the Nazis. Okay, it was, it's a, it was a little different. It was a little different because the German, the, by the Nazis, it was, it was a law. In Mitzrayim was the law too. It came from the king. Okay, but uh, came from the Melech, right? Yeah, but in Ukraine it wasn't the law. It was. It came out through war. I'm telling you, but if we use Mitzrayim as our example, and then, then, then Germany should also. Then Germany, we should also not have the Germany. We should also steal that way. Could be. It could be. It could be. But on the other hand, on the other hand, for example, in Tiltachtat, I hold. Not I old. I have, I have a, such a feeling that it was the best cover for, 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 for the yeshivas, for the rabbanim. The best cover. The yeshivas were, were, were flying up. We're talking about the, the mashal and the maram and the mashal. This is, this is the, 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 dime, the, the golden age for uh, Easter, Easter uh, Europe. 
Yeah, but the truth is, Rabbi, Rabbi Goldhaber, the, the Marsha, the, the Maram lived in Poland, not in Ukraine. It was the Maram was Lublin. The Marsha was in Ostra, which is in which Austria. is in Poland, which is in Poland. It's in Volin. It's in Volin. It was in Volin. Okay, but it's Poland. It's not. It's not really Ukraine today, is it? Okay, the Tachtat was also uh, in this area. Oh, okay. So, but 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 the Maram was Lublin. Okay. The Marshal was Lublin. Can I read? Can I read something from? You're right. Gersh, from from. Uh, from Nachten Hanover. Listen to this. Yeah. Some Jews were skinned alive. Their flesh was thrown to the dogs. They had their hands and lugs cut off with their bodies thrown on the highway to be run over by wagons. Others were thrown aside to die slowly in their own blood until their souls left them. Many were buried alive. The enemy slaughtered infants in their mother's laps. Children were torn into pieces like fish. They slashed the bellies of pregnant women. They removed their fetuses. Mm -hmm. They tore open the bellies of some of these women and put live cats in them. They then sewed up their bellies and cut off their hands so that they would not be able to take the live cats out of their bellies. They skewered the children, roasting them over a fire, and brought them to their mothers to eat. I mean, you could read this. It's, it's not... Yeah. It, so I gave out... I gave, I gave out, rather, uh, this year, uh, a book on, on, on this era... On Poland and Ukraine in, the, in these years, because they, I gave it a book on the Marsha, the history on the Marsha, a biography on the Marsha. So I, would the I, would, I honestly would love to see it. I don't know how yeah. to get a hands on it. It came out, it got in, in New York, in Williamsburg, with the Yopet and the Marsha. What's it called? The Ostro. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry? Ostro. Ostro. That's the name of the book? I know, in Ostro. Yeah. So that's the name Ostra. of the book, Ostro? Yeah, yeah. Ostro, Akilat Ostro. Wow. Uh, I brought new documents on, on the on the start and also what the offsprings of the but it was also in Poland because I came over in Poland and uh, all over I, I, I had such a feeling when I wrote the book that the, the Torah before Tachtat and after Tachtat was different. Uh, the yeshivas were, were on a very high level and the abundant were on a high level there was a lot of money it, go, it all goes together but if there's money so the, he could hold the yeshiva and from then on even if it was quiet for 100 years but it wasn't the same so again you can look on, on the bad the bad years very very bad I mean, we, uh, the worst years that could, that could be and from the other hand there were good years so which which era do we do we pick out do we pick, it's hard it's hard I don't know I don't know if, if someone could ask him such a such a question. Such a would you, question. Rabbi Rabbi Would you buy a BMW or a Mercedes? When I gave up, when I gave up my safer condition, so the first uh, article, the first research is if there was a cheren to go back to Spain after the Spanish expulsion, 1492. So I brought. Okay, so there was a rumor going on all the years that the rabbanim in Spain gave out a cheren not to go back. And now, whenever there was a, a problem in Europe, Spain was, was ready to open the doors, the gates, that he didn't to come back to Spain. So the question came up by Rabonim, by Rabonim, by, by historians, was this such a cherem or not? And until, until a few years ago, no one, uh, no one found a cherem, no one knew if it was that if, if, if this rumor is right or not. And there was a, it was a dilemma by, by, by the Rabbanim. And there was a lot of troubles going back and forth in this topic in the 19th century. And I, by Ezra Hashem, I found, I found the Cherem. Now, the Cherem was very sharp, but I... I who who, who I, wrote I, the Cherem? Who signed on it? The, the Rabbanim. All the Rabbanim that left, that left, uh, they were one of the killers, the Spanish killers that, wow. that uh, landed okay. in Turkey and in Holland and in England, all over. Right. I found it in the, in the Picassin, in the, the book, the Picassin and the Killers. Now, and my feeling is, uh, I can't prove it, but uh, I was very, I was, <laughs> I did very, uh, a, a major research on this, on this, uh, Sylvia. That the fair wasn't because of a of a, a revenge, or just only uh, of, uh, there was a pacha. They were afraid of of, uh, of of Christianity, so the Ottoman and the Inquisition, everything together, and it was a big concern because a lot of Eden had mischer going on. Even if they left, they had mischer going on from Spain to to Europe, and there's a lot of I have a lot of documents of Eden that have, for example, they had a, a balchois that 
owed him money, and he had to go back and, and, and pay back the the, the debts, and uh, he, he couldn't begin blocked him of going back. And what Taka Jews went back, and they they left there. They they <laughs> or they left out Jew, or they still, uh, they stayed out uh, a Christian. They they they, they converted. So, but but in a, a footnote, I brought a few haramim that uh, were announced as is a revenge. The first example is, is York. Yeah, familiar York in the, in the 12th century, after uh, the Crusaders, they sent out the Jews uh, from York and then from England, and there was no Jews until the 18th century, the 17th century. Now this is also rumor. But there was a harem not to go back to Ukraine, you know. I I don't remember now. Yeah, I'll there send you. There's a cheirah not to go to Ukraine. I don't remember. It could be. I don't remember now. This minute. And then, after the Holocaust, there was a there was a schmooze. There was a whole schmooze of uh, of putting in and turning into a cheirah and that. But uh, nothing came out. Uh, no one no one came out with a cheirah. There was a shayla here when Germany paid back started to pay back in the 60s for Israel for the Israeli state. Uh, uh, it's called Silomim in Hebrew. They're paying back the apartments yeah. and the properties. Uh, so there was a whole turmoil in that story. Let's see, allowed to take the money or not. But the, no, no, there's no psychologue that came out of the, on this, uh, this issue on this topic. There were tzaddikim that didn't take money from the shoyim. <laughs> but, but there's no such halacha. He's not allowed to take the talk of the magoi. That's uh, something else. That's uh, that is, uh, someone that has a someone that feels that the Holocaust hurt him so far that he can't buy, he can't see a German uh, washing machine, so he shouldn't buy. Uh, I don't know. I don't know what to say. What did the Gedalim say about this? Hey, did you ever hear Gedalim speaking about buying a BMW or Mercedes no. or something? No. Never heard no. Gedalim speak about that. No. No. I got the Dirachu was thinking that Moshe did it to the Moshe and the Bettina of not buying a German, uh, German uh, manufacturers. I, I, I don't know if there's any Gemara or Shachanauch that you can uh, pinpoint on such a Shaila. Yeah. Uh, there's no Issa Amur from, uh, from Russia. Yeah. No, right. Only, right. only uh, Issa or the Issa Amur with or uh, uh, or Ola and, and in Kilai, in Aisana, but Tadiki uh, had to have their homeless and in Yonik Dusha not to have a nerve from Shayim. In Yonik Koycha Poil Nifal, but it's not out revenge. By us, this, this issue is a revenge. Let me ask you as a historian, looking back at the history of the Jews in Europe, the Ukraine was the, the biggest area of Yishu biggest, of Jews, right? Biggest, biggest. Yeah. Do you think that... Even after all the Chobonis, they, they, they stay there. The, the, the number is very high. Very high. Well, a million. Very interesting. So, uh, I, 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 two million were killed in the Holocaust in Ukraine. Yeah. Most of the Jews killed in Europe, or a good chunk of the Jews killed in Europe were killed in the Ukraine, yeah. the biggest area. Do you do you believe that the, the, the Gedalim who are against the formation of the state of Israel because of the Haskalah and what Haskalah did to Yiddishkeit, the Churban that it created before, I mean, the, the, to, the, to the Litta and to Poland, the, 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 yeah. to Germany, so they were so yeah. opposed to the state of Israel. Do you think... After this, after the Holocaust, they would have had the same opposition, or they would have said, "Look, it's true that the, the Maskilim were Rishayim and they were Ikre Hadas, but Jews need some place to go." And and even though you know, and even though there are many Zionists who are Rishayim, at the end of the day, there are those who aren't, and they'll give us, they'll be a be a plata. What do you think? Mm-hmm. Like looking back, like in hindsight, would be the reaction? There were a few guys that that mentioned this uh, this. Uh, uh, the toy uh, that uh has here in Pierre to play the uh, the Belzer mentioned it that wasn't how he said that it's a it's a schmeichel it's a it's a laugh or kaviyachu the the Medina was for sure that the 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 Jews after the Holocaust were they, they didn't have no 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 country opened the gates this is the only 
the only place where the Enochians were able to would settle was the hills. So the, I'm saying that the Rabbanim before, before, before the war they were very opposed to it. Agoda was very opposed to it. Agoda, do you think? Do you Agoda, even Agoda? Forget about the forget about the Hungarian. You know, mm-hmm. do you think in re, post Holocaust they would have the same opposition or no? I, I think that yes, they, they still would have opposition. No, a different opposition. They would change. Because I see over here they they change. The mice they they uh, uh, only uh, Satma etc. still held uh, that you know, we have to we have to um, we have to keep out of them and we will not curse them or even the curse them even more than that. But uh, in a good most of the very were in a good they uh, they changed they changed the nusach for sure. In what way did they change the nusach? That we joined them. But not polit- politically. That means that we join them uh, for our good, right. for our sakes. Yeah, for our good. But not more. That's yeah. that's we that's yeah. that's we could put it put it down. So I'm glad they're writing now a, a major book against the Zionist movement for someone. It's not my book, uh, so I'm I'm familiar with all the with all the shittas. <laughs> so since you're familiar yeah. with the shittas, let me ask you: Do you understand the quote-unquote satmar shita that the Medina should be, you know, just abandoned or given back, whatever. No, what no, would they... didn't hold like that. That's a Turicata. That's what? I'm sorry? That's, that's, that's a Turicata. And what is the Satmarov? The Turicata, they hold... No, he didn't hold it. That, that uh, the Medina should be abandoned. No. no. What did he hold? He held that we can't we can't go together with them. We, we can't... Uh, we have to get away from them, stay away from them. But uh, he never he never came out with, it, with such a sentence that... Uh, and Medina said, "I, I, I rather ask you that no in Satma. If he, if he, if he, if he, if he, if any time if he came up with such a sentence that uh, the Medina should uh, get demolished, he said, he said no. He never, he, he never spoke such such a such a word. Makes no sense. And in the Tory character who do believe so, yeah, they, so, they, so what do they believe? They believe that." They should just they abandon, hold, hold and the Arabs, the Arabs would the Arabs would kill the Arabs all the Jews, would, would kill all of okay, you. I mean, they hold that the Arabs are better, are better. Okay, it's not right. I I I, I know the history. I know the history of that uh, inside out. The last uh, from the 17th century until today, the uh, the Arabs they suck the Jews, the, the money and the blood day after night, day after day. They even have never had a good day here, never. Explain last, that. Well, Give us an example. The last, the last 500 years, whenever the, uh, the, whoever was, was the, whoever was born here, no difference. If it was an Arab or a Druze or a Christian or a, uh, or a Turk, the problem, the, the problem here was one that there was no money here, and the, the, um, the Sultan that was sitting in Turkey, he wanted, he wanted money. He wanted they should pay a tax for him. And uh, the normal Arab here was was a Bedouin. He, he never paid. He never paid. He was he was bought by himself. So so what did the, the the mayor do? Yeah, there was a mayor. There were three mayors in in in, in Palestine then. One was in Akko, in Shechem, and in Aza. So what did they do? They went to the Jews and they pushed took whatever they could instead of. Um, Milking the the Bedouin, so they took from the Jews, and that that was going on for years, for years, and and that's the the main reason of all the Shadari. That's the main reason all the Shadari that that left for Europe, yeah, for Europe and South Africa, yeah, is is the the main reason because the the, the Sultan, they 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 took away every penny, and if someone didn't have to pay, they were put into prison, and prison was mamish, was a death penalty. It wasn't it wasn't a prison. It was a it was a makas it was a makas mother. But uh, the Natulikat doesn't know from it. They don't they don't know. They don't know. Or they don't know. They don't. They don't want to know. No difference. <laughs> I'm glad they're working today for the Torikat. I'm working for them. They, they hired me to to work. They gave out a book against the Zionist movement. But uh, okay, the fact is a fact. Right. I, I don't know. You know, this is just a. I know you, you never want to get a per, between a person and his paycheck. But I, I look mm-hmm. at the Torikat character as Reitzim of Kali Yisrael. It could be. Could be. Could be. The minute they they went to Ahmadinej, I want to even say his name. They went to Iran. Uh, they raped some of Kali Yisrael. 
Right from so, Afal Yisrael. Yeah, I, I look in I look in Gansen different than that. Yeah, that's that that's the going over the the red the red line. Yeah, in my eye. Well, Rabbi Goldhaber, thank you very much for your time. Joining us from Bnei Brak is Rabbi Shai Groucher. He was very close to Reb Chaim the last number of years. He he worked on Sfarim with him. Welcome, Rabbi Groucher. Hi, how are you? Baruch Hashem. Tell us about, tell the, what was your relationship with Reb Chaim? How often did you see him, etc.? How did you get to know him? So basically, 18 years ago, I had the opportunity in the Schuss to come for the first time to Reb Chaim's house. I wasn't learning, never learned in my in my life, never opened the Gemara. And I was in Bnei with my father's friend, and we went to Gedolim, to Tzadikim, Rav Ozner, Michal Yude, Rav Steyman, Everybody, we were walking, going, getting brachas. And then we went also to Rav Chaim, and Rav Chaim saw me, gave me a bracha. You know, you came into a house, you see so many people screaming pictures, and you see a person sitting down, and he has only one thing in his life, just learning and learning and learning and learning and learning. And then I asked for a bracha, and Rabbi looked at me, he said, Teshevet ilmat, sit and learn. I said, I don't learn. He says, Teshevet Irman, and you'll have Atzlocha. Okay. And I asked him, what should I learn? What should I do? He says, you should write. You should write, Tichtov. So I came back to my father, and I told him that I was just by this rabbi. We went to everybody. Everybody was, you know, very holy. We got good brachas. But this one was, was like something different. So I felt something different. And I told him, I have to start learning. I need a chavrusa. I'm going to write. I remember my father found me somebody. He paid him money to come learn with me. I didn't understand anything. But I started learning. And then I, I used to write, like, basically every single line of the Gemara. It wasn't Chidush or something. And from then, Baruch Hashem, I used to go back to the Rav and tell him I wrote. And, uh, like, I came maybe, maybe every month, or I don't remember exactly, n- not a lot of times, like, not, not a lot of times. After two or three years when I went to yeshiva already, then I used to come, like, more in special Benazmanim. I used to be there. I used to help the rabbits in with their, or with their pots and be close to her. And they used to do a lot of chesed and zdoko and get her some money for that. And then I started, when I was, like, 17, 18, I started to write the rov also, Shailif. On Alocha, on Chomesh. And in the last three years, when we started, I'm very, very close to Rabbi Zlatowicz. And we had Dalia Zlatowicz from Art School. And my whole dream was that we should take the Orchos Yosher that Chaim wrote, the Sefer Musa that he wrote, and basically to give it to the English people that they should learn and understand what is written there. There's so many, so many, so many big things and, and such... Mamare Chazal and Musar there, that I told the Rav that we have to give it to the Tibur. And the rabbi said, no, no. And people tried for 11 years, and the rabbi said, no, no. Because Rav Chaim was always afraid that they're going to translate, and maybe one thing, one thing is not going to be correct. And that, he was afraid. And I tried for five years, I remember. And then I told Rabbi Zlatowicz, I did with article, the first Sefer was Igeret Tagro, to go out to the Goyim Vilna's grave um, every year. I learned the Igeris, and I printed with him. And then I told the uh, I told Gedalia, Rabbi Zlatowicz, I told him we have to do it. He says, "Come on, just get just just get a permission, just get Rav Chaim to agree, and we're and we're doing it right away." And then I remember after five years, I remember the day that the Rav said yes it was it was probably one of the biggest days of my life. And since then, Baruch Hashem, you know, we did the Orchus we started, then we did the Chumashim, and then we did Zmiro Shabbos. We did Tehillim, and Emir Hashem yesterday night, I got some article, the new Siddur that we're printing, Siddur for Yom Chol, and on the cover, couldn't believe it, that it says, Moron, Rav Chaim, Zatzal, but I'm sure that during the Shiva, that can be a big Nechomo for the world, for the Rav, sending him an amazing project that people should be Nishazek on, on Shiva. That's beautiful. Can you tell us some of the stories you, you've seen during the 18 years you, you were mishamish by him? Share with us a few stories. So I'm going to share with you again. The 18 years I, was, I wasn't mishamish, I wouldn't call it mishamish, but in the last three years when I started with the project, so I, I was very, very close, like, like 
coming there and 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 not leaving and coming every day and special in the 40 days from uh Rosh Chodesh Elul till after Yom Kippur davening the Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippur and then Sukkot and then Hanukkah being a chazan there the whole day of Purim Cholamoyed Pesach and all the basically being there and and there are most of the stories like all of them are from that time so there's a lot a lot of stories I don't know where to start but um I'll tell you a story one of the the you know the rov was 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 living his life for torah and i and 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 i remember the first time that i used to be with him in his bedroom when he was sleeping and laying down and you know the rov is laying down but he's like he's not really sleeping it's not like that he you know he falls asleep and he has like next to his bed like a spritzer of water, so every five ten minutes he's asking to clean his hands because he was very he's very mocked with the keys and all this stuff. And I remember one time I'm sitting there and like the rub is sleeping, and then he wakes up. He points his his hand whoever remembers his bedroom. So on top of it, in front of his eyes, is there's a zechel achurban, and I remember him pointing and telling me zechel achurban, zechel achurban, zechel achurban. And you see that he was he was he, he didn't have tears, but you saw the the, the excitement, and then. Reb Chaim, again, you know, he's like five minutes laying, and he wakes up and tells me, oh, I just finished Masechah's Menachah. That was the first time that that I basically, I knew there were, there were stories of Reb Chaim waking up and saying he finished a Masechah or, or Sedja, but that was the first time, and then there was a lot, a lot of more times. One time, even Reb Chaim told me, I remember him getting up on his chair, going to his place. I helped him do Negel Vassar, and then he looks at me, I just finished Shas. It's 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 something you know. It's it's you understand the Pasuki Chayinu ve'Oyech Yameinu Uvoem Negeyomam Valaylo. There's a lot of Pasuki we say. There's a lot of songs we sing, but not a lot of time we have the the the, the in our eyes the picture. What is, what does it mean? What does it mean? And you saw Reb Chaim living life of Torah twenty four seven, reading Torah, eating Torah. And that was his life. That was his life. And there's so many stories to, to, to tell about it. But in the different, in a different eye, in a different subject, what was the godless of Reb Chaim? You know, Reb Chaim didn't go over and spoke and raise money. And, and he was sitting, saying a word, signing a paper, and the whole world listened to him. But the Mila of 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 one side having Torah Chaim, that you're a person that you're not connected to nothing in the world, nor Oilamaze. And in the other side, you, you are connected because the tremendous Chesed and Zdoka and Benodom Lachaver that went in this house, it's something that, that I don't think in generations, like Doyle Torah, there was always Doyle Torah, Masmidim Betoyah. That was always, but having these two things together was something beyond anything in the world. I remember Purim a few years ago. Thousands of thousands of people in Rashbam. And one guy, one boy comes to Reb Chaim. He brings like a, a burekas in a bag. And he tells Reb Chaim, Purim Sameach. He gives him Sholach Mones and he goes out. And you know, they take one of the Gaboy, he took the, the, the burekas and like put it away. He gets out of the room. Reb Chaim looks. He says, he says Where, where's this boy? He says, he went. He says, stop the Kabbalah scout till you find this boy. He said, well, how are we going to find him? There's 10,000 people outside. He says, find him. No Kabbalah scout. In the end, they found him in the end of Rashbam Street. They said, the Rav wants you. And the, he comes back to the Rav. The Rav is asking him, what did you want? He says, no, I just wanted to give the Sholach Monet. He says, oh, Shkoyech. He goes out of the room. He tells his Enochol, when a person gives you something, you have to say thank you and respect him. So, you know, with learning day and night and having nothing in his, in his, in his, in his head, he didn't have nothing in his head. He didn't know names. He didn't know, like, you know, it, it was one time the Rebbeson said that the, the, the oven, Tanur, is also Tanur, forgetting heat in the house when you're cold, and also Tanur is the oven. So one, one time the Rebbeson said that Tanur broke. He says, Oi, okay, so, so it's, it's not so cold as he says, No, the oven of the, of the food. Like, he didn't even know anything. He wasn't, but with not knowing anything and having such a, a hergish. For a sour of a person, a person doesn't have kids, a person that, that's not married, a person that just needs his chizuk, a, a child. I remember him writing letters for 10 years old kids. Like, okay, you know, there's more important things in life. No, but he was makbid day and night to live 
a life of Torah, Chaim, Ve'avat, Chesed. Till his last day, his last day, Purim night, I'm there every single year. And Reb Chaim, already from the stipler, already from the stipler, the Matonas Leiv Yoinim of the day of Purim, and then he gave, stipler gave it to Reb Chaim, and Reb Chaim gave it to his son, Rabbi Tzokshol, in the last year. And he was so mocked on this, that everybody should get. And after 2 o'clock in the afternoon, America time, so whoever was helping him from Atonis, could be able to be Yoitzeh, and I remember, like, the last envelope that we gave out, like, 5, 10 minutes later already, we got, we got the Besorah that, that, that the Rav was, was next to but that was his life. Mitzvot, Maisim, Toivim, and Chesed, Chesed, Chesed and Chesed. It didn't stop for one, one, one second. It didn't stop where, until where the did, last. Where did you see the Chesed? How did you see Chesed? I saw the Chesed of first of all the Rebbitzin and him, uh, the old days that he used to give people food for Yom Tev. People used to come to the house. The Rebbitzin used to give a lot, a lot of money out. Reb Chaim himself used to have a gemach. Used to give in koyel chazanish. That stories I heard, but during the years I always saw how important is to the rov all this mitzvahs to continue, to give all the families they used to get. And he asked me, he asked me, three, four years ago, he asked me to, to be with his son, that Rav Chaim already, his koiches became more weaker, and, and help him, help him with all the chesed. Being, 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 people think it was Sarah Torah, but the same level, he was Sarah chesed. I'm not talking about Kupa Sair, and, and, and organizations, and yeshivas, and hospitals that everybody was getting from him from a word that he said or from a letter that he wrote. And, and, and when it came to this thing, he gave everything. He gave his life. He, he gave his life and he had the time. You understand Rav Chaim finishing a minute of learning. What does it mean? What does it mean that, that, that he has to help a different person? Every second by him was Kodesh was, was how, how many people came a day to see him? A, thousands of thousands. Every thousands day. of thousands. Every single day. Uh, he saw people for two hours a day, right? I believe, yeah, around two hours, sometimes more. So he would, he would see a thousand people an hour or more? Probably, probably. Uh, there was one time, I remember in the room, there was a stadium. Everything was open. Like, I remember the door and also behind them was the sukkah. I counted, I started counting. I stopped in the beginning when I got to 250 in one time in a room on a stadium second. What was his say the Hayyim? So the Seder Hayyim, he was... Started in the morning. Every, when, did, when did he get up? I just walk us through a say of one day. He woke up and Chatzois. used to say Tikkun Chatzois, Linda Zoyar, Bernice, Cedra. He woke up at midnight, Chatzois. At, at midnight. Okay. Um, learning is Cedra, of, of, of Zoyar, of, of, of Tanakh, of whatever, whatever you learned. And then davening every day next since he's, I, I don't remember which age they, they, somebody said five, somebody said six. Every single davening used to be on time. Like when the time comes, you daven. Then um, after he ate every day, like, uh, you know, a small piece of egg and, and a few tomatoes, not something, uh, something, a little cheese, not something big. And then back to learn. Learning is, is a shas, is blas, is Yerushalmi, the Rambam, Mishnebura, saying the Tehillim a day. Tehillim was very, very big by Reb Chaim, very, very big. I remember he told me once a person needs to finish 15 times Tehillim a year. It's a big Indian. I don't know where's the mocker. Um, so I said to make sure Reb Chaim finishes every single day. And then uh, every day he says a parak. And when it comes to around the Tammuz Av, he does uh, 10 prokim a day to, to finish uh to finish 15 times a day. One time that I know, maybe there were probably more times, but I remember during the first year of COVID, one time I was in the room, and during COVID there was two, three months and nobody came in. The Chaim said, bring me Tehillim. He said, why? He says, we have to say Tehillim now. He sat, he, he sat and he said the whole Tehillim again. That was like, for Chaim to say another time Tehillim, he said, we need, we need a lot of Rachim Shammai. So that was uh, one year that he said 16 years. Probably there were years that he said more, I'm sure. But uh, that was very, very big for Reb Chaim, the Tehillim. And says to make sure virus all remember the first day of Rosh Hashanah when I was there, like when you start saying it, it's like you see a person that, 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 that you, you, you couldn't see emotional things, but you saw and, and, and you felt the pachad. You felt that you're in times that you need to daven more. You have the pachad of the, of the, of the, of the, of the Yoimadin, of the Eimah Sadin, that you have to 
to pray, and it was it was it was something you know you 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 couldn't see such things, and I don't think I'm gonna see in my eyes ever in my life such things of of of, of having the the the, the So when did, he, when did he go to sleep? So basically, so he used to go to sleep um, sometimes after davening. It depends, you know, in the last years the things changed, but he used to go to sleep after davening, and also at nighttime, yeah. like uh, ten, ten thirty. So, so, so basically, he two slept, hours. He slept two hours at night. That's when he slept. Two, three hours. Yeah. And, do, and during the day, how much did he sleep? Maybe another an hour, two hours. You know, things changed, but that was basically also the storm changed. Things went like this, and Kabbalah scale they changed. But that was basically the Sunday of Rebbe That was the 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 main important thing to, to finish the Chayvus. So when you finish Chayvus of all is Sunday that he learned. Then he used to, you know, Kabbalah Skal and stuff. And, like, I remember him going, when he went to the Koisel, or he went to places. One time he went to the Koisel, so he wanted to go. He decided, I want to go to Maris Samachtel. He said, they have to organize it. So he said, okay, how long? He said, half an hour. Okay, I'm going to learn on my Sedra. He always took his foreign with him, whatever he needed. He was very on top. That was his most important thing in life, to finish what he needs to finish every day. Every day to finish what he needs to finish. Not to miss a day of learning is choivus. used to call it, people used to come, oh, I have debts, I have choivus, I owe money. He says, I have also. Me too. I have also. I have choivus, and I don't know what to do with this. I have to finish it. Thank you. Like, that was, well, that was his... Do you know what his daily learning routine was? What, he, what his choivus every day was? His choivus was, uh, of course, the the learning uh, the Zoyar. It was like, a, I think, 11 pages, learning Zoyar. And then he had a uh, prokim of Tehillim that changed during the year because to finish it like the 15, uh, like I told you the 15 times, he had eight prokim of Tanakh, Imoni Mishnah I think 10 was it. And then he had Rambam, he had Shulchan Aruch Tur, 10 Simonim, of course Bavli eight times, Yerushalmi eight times, uh, Midrashim eight times. Uh, eight eight t- what do you mean eight times? What do you mean Bavli eight times? What does that mean? No, eight blots a day. Eight okay. blots a day. Yeah. Well, Shai, thank you very much for your time. Thank you for letting us, and we should uh, continue the the Torah time and Avas Chesed. We should continue and remember that this was his life. This was his life to learn, to be, you know, serious. And he always told me, he always told me, whoever wants, whatever a person wants, he can get in life. Whoever wants, he can get. It's all totally a lot, a lot of times, and a lot, a lot of Shailas. And people said, no, it's hard to learn, and it's hard to dive in. When a person really wants, and a person wants to get to get to, get to some something and to accomplish, when he wants it in the real, real rotson, he said Hashem sees and Hashem helps. So we should all have the rotson of 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 learning, having Torah Chaim, and of course, continuing the Chesed, the Maizat Zdok of Chesed that that he used to do, and it was so important for him. Thank you very much, Rabbi Shai. Kolto, take care, bye bye. Thank you. Thank you.